can't believe you two took that raving lunatic seriously. What do you think this is? Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Drop the Mic. I am your host, Darren Jenkins, and we're live again, back. Um, I've been locked down in the uh, pandemic, as most people have been, but it has not stopped us from putting out awesome content. And on today's podcast, we're lucky to have with us the CEO and founder of Sonder Blue, Hope Cochran. What's up, Hope? Hey, how are you? What's up? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's, I'm sitting here uh, as we are doing the podcast. I had the, like the news on in the background and they're, they're telling tale of a supposed snowstorm coming. Oh God. Where are like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Where are you? I'm in New York city. So, so am I. So am I. Yeah. So, so. Next... You know, it makes you feel like it's, it, you, you're justified in being in the house. You're like, okay. <laughs> Now I have reason like there's a snowstorm, but any other time you're like, yeah. Well, last night I was watching the news and um, the guys, uh, the weatherman, the guy, the weatherman said it was supposed to be down in single digits this weekend in New York City. I was just like, hmm, so I don't need to go outside, so... <laughs> Keeping my butt at home. <laughs> yeah, I went out. I ran out and got whatever I needed. I don't know if it's going to be, but you know, better safe than sorry. It was so. twenty-seven degrees the other day. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh no, 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 no! And I've got one of those triple, triple goose downs. Oh yeah. No. Mm -mm, mm -mm. I I don't. I have no faith in anything these days. It's, <laughs> it's madness. Um. So thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you. And um, uh, so this is a rare podcast for me in the sense that I know, like, usually I'm really good at digging up little details about people's and finding out, you know, like, oh, so you played the trombone, did you? Oh, you were a star of your theater school. You know, I don't know a great deal about you. So... I guess my first question is where are you originally like where so where where are you originally from? New York. Hold on, baby. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Well, you know. Everybody you, said, you said New York, so you know when I say uptown, you know where <laughs> from uptown. So you're originally from New York and born and bred? Born and bred. I'm a third generation Harlemite. Finally. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, anyone who doesn't know when when I he goes, oh wow, because that's rare sight. <laughs> yeah, that's rare sight. <laughs> that's yeah. rare. <laughs> and um, so you're from New York. Uh, so I was looking at your little bit of stuff on uh, and where I could find it. And you, you, um, it says that you you got into acting and producing at, at some point. My question is: so Let's start from the beginning. Yeah, let's start from the beginning. <laughs> So I actually started live out singing, you know, um, oh, really? in fact, it's so funny. I remember when I was 
they used to tell me, I always knew you'd sing because, you know, I would sit by the radio and the go and try to make the sounds and I could sing uh, and talk. And my brother always said, your voice was so damn loud. We, you had to be a singer. <laughs> you were just so loud. And so I wound up going to the Professional Performing Arts School in New York City, which is a pretty prestigious school yeah. with a, with a you know, very solid reputation. Um, some very famous people have gone through that school, whether mm. it's be in acting or in music. And um, I had the privilege of singing with some of them. Um, nice. <laughs> and um, so I performed most of my childhood, I would say from 10 to, you know, when I went off to college, I performed pretty consistently. Hmm. Um, then when I was in college, someone asked me to do an experimental theater piece and I had done some theater before but well I mean I had done some theater but not like an entire production that had no music in it there was no you know it was just acting and it, and I I didn't realize it was experimental but it was experimental and um <laughs> and so I, I was like, wow, this is awesome. Because the way I was taught to learn music was to start with the lyrics, to start with the story. And so, you know, think about it. Well, a great example would be Somewhere Over the Rainbow. So right. how many versions of that have you heard and how many different stories are being told when you mm. hear it, right? It's like, it starts with knowing where you, where you want to go musically. You know, if you hear Sarah right. Vaughan's version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow, it's a very different version than, let's say, um, the class, uh, who sang it originally? Uh, I forgot her name all of a sudden. Oh, uh, Nelly's mother, uh, Judy Garland, you know? Garland, yep. So you, you, you know, you learn different, I learned vocal technique and all that other stuff. And then when I went to college, um, I think I also was probably looking for some other, some other means of expressing myself. I wasn't, I wasn't loving the business side of music. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you're a woman, it's very, um, you're not a person almost. That was my feeling. And I was really young at the time. And I, I, I had, I've always had a very strong sense of myself and, um, yeah, I do remember one time going into a studio and the producer wanting to look at me before I got in the booth. Mm. And I was like, do you know, even at that age, I had no nothing. I was like, do you know who I am? You do not ask me to do anything. Who are you to tell me? And so you you learn if you don't have, if you're not insulated, if you don't have a lot of um, support, you mm -hmm. know, meaning you have like, I believe Alicia Keys has had the same management from when she first began. So, you know, like right. she's been insulated, but she started young. Right. Um, I, I, I had nothing. And so I think as much as I've always loved music and people tell me all the time, I randomly start singing. I don't, I don't, I don't recognize it. I just, <laughs> like, just trying to get out. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I, it, it, it was not, I don't think I would have been a, 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 I don't think I could have afforded. I don't think I would have come out of something like that whole Mm. And so even, as, you know, again, as a very young age, I had a very strong sense of myself. 
but I found that there was an outlet in acting. And so I switched majors and I studied acting, um, really enjoyed it, really enjoyed the challenge of, of putting something, a character together. Right. Um, and wanted to get good and, and wound up uh, going to graduate school. I didn't finish at the actor studio, but I did uh, attend the actor studio. I was accepted. I went there right. um, for financial reasons and for some other reasons. I chose not to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as a means of just wanting to put some interesting stuff out there, um, I created like a tip, I called it the tip, tipping point project. And I produced a couple of stage readings and a few, you know, live shows, uh, for the community. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. And that's, that's really, I mean, that's my thing. But while I was at, interestingly enough, while I was at, uh, the Pro- professional performing arts school, I wound up being accepted into Columbia business school. Um, they had a program called, I think at the time, it might have changed its name, the Young Entrepreneurs Program. Right. And the way it was set up was you took graduate school courses um, that year, uh, business school courses. Mm-hmm. You had a, a mentor who, you know, and you started a business that summer. So it was a year-long program, but during the summer you ran your own business and they taught you everything from... You're like hands-on, how do you purchase? How do you, you know, how do you price your price model? Blah, blah, right. blah, the marketing of it. And you had a mentor who worked with you and then you took the graduate school. You were officially a Columbia University student. And so, and then, then you went through the business courses and, um, and at the end of the year, you got, um, they awarded you seed money to start your own business. So yeah, it was a pretty intense uh year and i was only maybe 16 at the time so i was going to school and and when i was in school uh studying music my school half of my day was music so i would take classes and then i would take all my classes in the morning and then i'd have vocal practice and music for five hours a day and that's when we didn't have a show that's if we didn't have a show. We had four to five hours a day. So we would spend about about 20 to 25 hours a week rehearsing. And that's when we had no show. Wow. <laughs> that was regular. That was like no show. And, and you know, sometimes, we you know, people get pulled out for special projects. So right. you put in a, a jazz quintet or you'd be doing this or doing that. And you, you were exposed to a lot of different kinds of, I was exposed to a lot of different kinds of music, you know. Right. Rag or you know jazz, blues, gospel, classical, right. and so I have a I've always had an ear for all of this music because it's just all it's been marinated in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I tell me when I'm rambling on too much, <laughs> I'm so you're you so music started you down this road and uh, uh, any any. Re- any reason like so are you still doing music currently or only in my living room and and anyone who can eat my neighbors who can hear me and sometimes i do a free concert in the street because i'm just standing around and i don't know all right <laughs> i don't realize i'm singing and so it's like oh that's a nice sound like oh thank you, you wow know? 
I almost got, I almost got kicked out of my, one of my offices, uh, because I was singing and they were like, you are singing. But you know, we working here, right? <laughs> it was fine in the beginning. I was getting compliments and then finally mm. like, listen. There's always somebody has to burst the bubble. Yeah. It's like, come on. This is, this is too much. <laughs> not a good thing anymore <laughs> so is acting something that you like so um so with music not being a like a mainstay in like your your, your creative outlet currently mm-hmm. is, is acting something that you kind of like what would want to do and if so well, like is always, it theater or is it no, i've always been since i've always been active in some way shape or form Mm-hmm. Arts always. Hmm. Um, I'm an artist. I just happen to have a an, be an artist who also have has a business mind, you know. Hmm. And um, I'll always be involved. I've written articles. I've written plays. I, you know, I'm 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 a creative person. Hmm. Um, so I'm not, you know, I, I don't look at my creative creativity in terms of boxes. I think over the years I've come to to think of singing as an expression, acting as an expression rather than, oh, this is just for writing as an expression because I write as well, mm-hmm. rather than I'm a writer, rather than I'm a singer, I'm an actress or this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an artist. And I mean, if you're an artist, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. But there, there are disciplines within each, you know, yeah. and, you know, I'm lucky that as a kid, I got to spend a lot of time marinating in the, the the discipline of musicianship, right? And what that means to be a musician. And I know where I, I'm good and I know where I falter in that area. And, you know, if I ever decide, oh, I'm going to go and try to do that full time again. Mm. I know, okay, I need to work on this. I need to work on that. This, these are the buttons. And the same thing with acting, you know, there there are areas where I'm really good. Um, and then there are areas where I falter, you right. know, and so I, I know, and I still do things like I, I've auditioned, um, last year. I mean, I, I, before a pandemic, but I don't, I'm not, I, because I've been building my business. I've not been aggressive about it. I'm not, mm-hmm. I've not been, um, because it, it's also been, I, I've made a conscious effort, a decision to shift my focus. So mm-hmm. It's also not because this is also an expression of who I am. Well, so which brings me to so you know I kind of regressing forward in time, and we're at the point now where, um, where at what point like so what's the um, where's where's the introduction of this idea right where where did this idea start to ruminate and then. How did you decide to like go yeah. forward with it? So I've been a film head my entire life. I've always loved film. It's it's like it, it's a it's a my mom. It's like a language between my mother and me specifically. Like mm-hmm. when I think of really critical moments in my life, uh, you know, some a lot of them are sort of punctuated by a movie or my mom sitting me down and watching a movie with me. I have a lot of great experiences around film you know my first broken heart my mom took me to see a movie like it was like so what that exposed me to is the power the magic the magistry of film and as um and initially when i 
was designing Sonder Blue. Mm -hmm. I just wanted something I can watch another movie with someone else on with. You know, wherever you are in the world, I want to watch a movie with you. Because I like, I think it's a it's a great way to connect. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that's not what I want to do. Right. Um, and I spent a year and a half. I actually was already working on just that when I stopped and uh, really had to rethink what it was I was doing. And I really researched to understand the viewing experience. Okay. How, how, not just the, the, the user experience, like there is a culture around film. Yep. Right? And there are new cultures, there's like new cultural norms since we've begun streaming. But if you look back before we had, you know, um, you know, online, you know, we went online to watch, watch films or we streamed films, what did right. we do? Right. We connected with our friends. How did we connect with our friends? We decided on what films we're going to watch. We, you know, we, we did things before, after sometimes, you know, if we could get away with it sometimes during, but you know, it's like, there is a culture around that. And what I realized was that as all of the big, big dogs were gobbling each other up and, you know, streaming all this content, it's very overwhelming. It's a lot of content. Mm-hmm. And no one is addressing the experience of film, addressing the experience of watching film today or how we used to watch film. And we, we all have memories, you know what I mean? Uh, right. I remember one time a, a group of friends of mine, like three or four of us, we had decided to go to the movies. And of course, we only went to the matinee because we only had matinee money. Right. And we get to the theater. I don't think anyone, I don't remember the name of the movie, but I don't think anyone thought it was going to be a hit. Right. And it was sold out. And so we were, we were like, okay, what other theater might have it? And then we found out this other theater. So we, we got on the train in New York City. We, we do trains and yep. we went to that theater and it was sold out. Wow. <laughs> and what movie was this? I don't remember the name of the movie. This was years ago. I was a teenager. But I remember we, we but it was so much fun just trying to find a movie uh, to watch. And then we finally realized, well, we're gonna have to wait for the matinee if we're gonna see this movie. And I think some people helped pay for other people because some of us only had matinee money. Right, right. We just made it work and we watched the movie. I don't remember the I don't remember the movie because the experience is what I remember. You know, the experience mm-hmm. of you know, I don't know if anyone's ever been on a New York train in the summer when it's blistering hot outside. You do find reasons yeah. to stay on the train. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you, you know, know what? I, I could walk. I could just walk. I could go to the next stop and walk backwards because it's nice and AC's on the train. Exactly. So if you're in New York City, so that's really was like, we didn't care because it was like, it's cool in here. <laughs> cool in here. I don't remember what it was. I think it might have been a Will Smith. I don't remember. I just Mm. remember we, you know, do it was, you know, a bunch of kids with only matinee money, (laughs) maybe some pop, a couple of dollars of popcorn. Mm. But my point is, there is an experience there that's not that's beyond watching the film, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I remember when. 12 Years a Slave came out. 
I went with, and this is important because I went with a white friend. Right. And I don't know if you've seen 12 Years a Slave. Yep. I think I call that my once in a decade movie. They're like a handful of movies once in a decade. Right. <laughs> I'm not touching it. Yeah. I sit down and watch that film again. It's like, nope, too early. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Too I'm soon. Good. Too soon. I'm almost there with Precious. Not quite. I think um, Roots was probably the original, the original once in a decade thing. And yeah. Then, like, yeah. You're like, <laughs> I need a minute. And, but anyway, we went to see the film and I'm never without words. And right. my friend uh, is never without words. Right. Uh, Heather, never without words. We sat there in silence mm-hmm. uh, at that ending. And I think we sat there to catch our breath. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. usually I leave during the credits, but I just needed a minute to catch my breath. And we'd already mm-hmm. made plans to go to dinner. And so we walk out of the theater and you know how two people want to say something to each other, but they don't yeah, sure. know yeah. Yeah. And that's what we had. We had a moment and I could tell there was, you know, she's white, I'm black. Right. And I could tell there was something, maybe she wanted to say, or maybe she was trying to figure out, did I have a right to say that? Or, you know, what am I, you know? And so we said nothing. The first words we uttered, the first words we, you know, we, 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 we sort of floated to the, the, the diner. Waiter mm-hmm. um, <laughs> asked, we want to see, and I think we molded, whatever. <laughs> and then the, that the first words we, we uttered to each other was when the waiter, waitress was like, well, what do you want to order? And we're like, well, what do you want? And it was, and that was it. And then mm-hmm. we began to talk and we had yeah. most unguarded, un, unrestricted conversation about sure. color, about gender, about oppression, about racism from her perspective, racism from my perspective. And I, I told this long story because that's the gift that film provides. Right. And when you, in, in the way the space is set up now, where do you have that conversation in the world in a meaningful, real time, in the moment kind of way? You know what I mean? I think there's, um, so as I was kind of looking at your platform and just thinking, you know, and thinking about the, um, thinking about it, one of the things that I started thinking about is that um, you're right in the sense that no one is kind of like, when you talk about uh, the uh, digital film or digital media experience online um, most platforms um, they are built for either th- one of three things um, style mm-hmm. um, a specific genre of content mm-hmm. like horror or you mm-hmm. know or a specific price point of to entry for the audience. Right, exactly. None of which will address any of the things that you're trying to address, right? Exactly. Most of the time, that is left to the social media platforms. And even then, it's only part of the conversation. 
like, you know what I mean? Like it's either a textual conversation uh, or a photographic. Right. Thing. And it's all past tense. Right. And it's, um, it's not very expressive, right? right? Like you have to assume what, unless someone's very specific about what they write in that post, uh-huh. you have to assume that what, you have to assume a lot of what they are trying to right. say. Right. And maybe the thought that you have here, which it, forgive, you know, if I'm incorrect, let me, is to almost reverse engineer the um, like come from behind the, 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 the experience, which is to say, I want to create, I want to create something. I want to create a place for people to, you know, love the experience of being together while they're doing something. Well, not even, well, I think it's, you, you can look at film as two things and I'm an artist. So I, I mean, I think of film as you can say it's always a creative tool. I've heard a lot of people say, I, I watch movies by myself. I watch it in the dark and blah, blah, blah. And I go, no, you don't. No, you don't. Right. Film is an experience. And right. it's never, it's almost never an experience you will you have on your own. If you have a, a film that you're watching or you've watched that you love, you share it and you want to share it almost immediately and you want to engage immediately. I remember when Get Out came out, I didn't see it in the theaters. I, I was the only fool who didn't go to the theater. <laughs> And a friend of mine literally came to my house and said, we are watching Get Out. And he just sat there like a kid to just get my expression, just to catch my, see, I knew you. So you, 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 there is an experience watching film that isn't captured in just putting the film out there. And so you, you want it so you can look at films as, oh, you know, I'm going, I'm going to watch this film and, you know, I watch it by myself, but you're discounting everything that goes on around that film. Come on. You and me both know if we go to, if me, if if you go to a movie by yourself in Harlem, (laughs) you know know where I'm about to say, right? (laughs) You 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 are not, you might to the movie by yourself, but you ain't by yourself. Exactly. What are you doing? Okay. Open that damn door, idiot. Oh, oh, no, you didn't just kill him. Oh, oh look at this fool. <laughs> Come on. and Especially if it's a Tyler Perry film, forget it. Exactly. Dang, girl. So, okay. <laughs> I, I posit that even when you go to the movies by yourself, like, I remember I went to go see um, A Star is Born by myself. Right at the end of the fucking movie, <laughs> the lights go down and the lights come up, and you can hear people around you. <laughs> yeah, like just. <laughs> and we all look at each other. And, and you reach for someone, right? Yes. I remember seeing the film. I went. I didn't see it in Harlem. I saw it on Eighty uh, Second Street and Broadway. I think it's yeah. Seventy Second Street Broadway. And you know, I go to that theater because they got the big lush chairs and right, right, right. And we're sitting in that theater, and and when he when that scene that just blows yeah. everyone away, and everyone just 
someone to commiserate with because yeah. it such a it was such a moment it was such a mag the magnitude of that moment that's the magic of movies right. that's the magic of movies right and i think you, you you hit the nail right on the head because there's so much more going on around that film than just sitting in the dark right. watching the film and i i think that's reason i think this is the reason why movies online still they work and the reason why is because the only thing you're missing out of that experience is the popcorn if you if you create an environment like you're trying to do mm-hmm. where people can watch together and comment right. together and share their experience the only thing missing there is the popcorn let me get some pop- exactly like my popcorn exactly i mean i <laughs> to acknowledge, I think what, what Sandra Blue acknowledges is that the movie-going experience has changed. Right. It, the movie experience um, is evolving and it's acknowledging that there are elements missing to the experience. Right. That, you know, when you're when you're, and understand what Hollywood, you know, Hollywood is a business model that rarely has to change. Right. Right. So they're not they're not necessarily thinking about these, you know, what goes on around the films. They're right. thinking about the film itself. Mm-hmm. And here I am, a movie lover going, oh, you're 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 not understanding. You're not giving this to me, this experience. And there are a lot of people out there who are who feel the same way mm-hmm. and are looking for ways to kind of piece it all together. Right. Um, <clears throat> to bring it all together. That's why I took a year and a half to kind of research what people are looking for. So it's not like none of this is just cut and paste. And I think on the simplest, and that's why it began with the simplest, oh, I just want to watch a movie with another person, right? Mm-hmm. But then as you speak to people, I did interviews with people. I did, you know, <clears throat> lots of you know, sort of like test iterations and when you hear people like, but I really want, want that. And I really need that. I really miss this. And mm. you know, people begin to tell you what they're missing from the experience of the film rather than just, oh, you know, because let me see, you can see Easy Street. You can see it's Citizen Kane. You can see all of those things right now. Right. What, what, what but what people were consistently communicating to me was that there was still an experience that was missed. And and I'll tell you another way you find out, another way you know that you're like right, you're you know you're you're right about what you're trying to do, is that suddenly you start to see certain platforms trying to tie in, have like these little commute, like these little. Watch with a friend experiences, and I'm just and like, that's why I don't. That's why when you say I did some research on you, and you're like, I don't see a whole lot on you. That's by design, because yeah. when we launch, it launches. You'll see everything there, rather than oh, let me pick off what they're doing here and while we're picking up it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you notice, I'm not telling you all the, the bells and whistles and, and the fine points of it because I want people to experience it. Right. Yeah. I think the. Um, where I think this becomes interesting is um, 
for the independent filmmakers and then the festival experience. We're not, our, our movies are, um, one of the things, okay, for two reasons, we've decided to focus on independent films. Mm -hmm. One, <clears throat> and I talk about this all day long, there is a concept, I, I never heard anyone use it, I've made it up, uh, the Gene Harlow effect and the John mm -hmm. Wayne effect. And if you don't know, I mean, most people know who John Wayne is, most people don't, don't know who Gene Harlow is. Which is a damn shame. <clears throat> Gene Harlow was... Um, well, let's step, take a step back. Before there was Jean Harlow, there was a woman named Clara Bow, and she was considered the it girl. And right. this was in the 1920s. And Jean and, and Clara Bow was a brunette with short bob hair. She, you know, she could have been anyone, any woman, a white woman at that time, mm -hmm. you know, seen in the street, and everyone emulated her. She was the sex symbol. Right. Um, but in the 30s, Jean Harlow came along mm -hmm. and <clears throat> she's the one you might have seen. I've, in fact, I've heard some commercials use the language. So, so who says blondes don't have, don't have fun. Yeah. And she created the image of the dumb blonde, the right. easy blonde, the step blonde. She made blonde sexy. She was the original platinum blonde and right. Hollywood has replicated her beginning from the 30s all the way through, you know, you can look at, you know, Veronica Lake or uh, Marilyn Monroe and, and all the way forward. And when you look at Hollywood today, what are some of the, the, the you know, even socially today, we think blondes are sexy and, you know, they're dumb and all that other stuff, but we don't, we don't connect the fact that it's from this Hollywood trope that began 90 years ago, right? right. And so part of the reason why I didn't want to work, I wanted to sort of back off of Hollywood films is um, those tropes. They right. cater to the tropes. When I was looking at independent films, specifically independent films coming from people who would never be able to make a film within the, the, the Hollywood system, mm -hmm. they broke the tropes. You know what I mean? It, right. They told stories from a perspective that, frankly, you and I uh, would never, you know, we wouldn't see. So, for example, I, I was speaking to a, um, a a filmmaker yesterday who made, an, I think, a great short. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's called South of Vicks. It was a short. And it was tackling racism, mm -hmm. but tackling it from a white woman's perspective who who is stepping who's who's who grew up in a racist home but right. she's she understands the error of the ways and she's like well how do i step into this con the movie ch is challenging and then how do i address that issue right when oh, these this is this is my family but i don't want to step over this anymore right, right. i have a broader view when was the last time Hollywood ever made a film like that, but wasn't about co-opting someone else's struggle? You know what I mean? The film never co-opts someone else's struggle, right? but it, it does, it does, it is a viable argument. Like, Hey, I, I would never deal with that. You would never deal with that. And as right. we evolve as a society, those are questions. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
You know, so if that filmmaker and their authentic voice is putting that out there, then they, I want to give them a space to ask those challenging questions and find an audience that will be equally matched. And that's why Sondra Blue caters to independent filmmakers. So um, where'd your name come from? (laughs) It's actually, people ask me that all the time and it took me, and when I tell you it took me months to decide on the name, I'm not even joking. I I believe you because I know how hard it is to kind of have this thing that you want to put a name to and you know it has to be something that, you know, does what you want it to do. Right. Well, Sonder is not Sonder, but Sonder mm-hmm. actually has two meanings. There's the old French meaning, old French, and then there's the uh, modern meaning that was created about uh, 10 years ago for, um, I forgot the name of the book, where he's trying to find expressions for for experiences that we're having in the world. Mm-hmm. And basically, in the modern uh you know, definition, it means that my life is whole and complete. And even though I'm in the background of your life, you're living your life fully expressed and in the world, and we may come together in a moment, we bring that richness to that moment. Mm. And it doesn't, it, it doesn't diminish when we, when we leave each other. Mm. And I feel that way about film. I feel that, you know, when I speak to people about film, you know, to go back to 12 Years a Slave, you know, she, you know, my friend brought her entire life experience to that conversation. Mm. I brought my entire life experience to that conversation. She comes from an extremely conservative background. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not to be, you know, I don't come from a conservative background. Right. And yet we were able to have a full conversation, a fully embraced conversation right. that I think changed both of our perspectives. And, you know, I didn't lose my values. She didn't lose her values, but we added something. And I went back to my world and she went back to her world. Mm. But we gave each other something, you know what I mean? Right, 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 right. So that's where Sonder comes from. And blue, because blue is a color that denotes safety. Okay. And it's open. Like, it's wide open. It's, you know, the sky is blue. But also, the hospital, your hospitals are blue, right? Right, right, right. And so I want people to feel like they can come on Sonder Blue and share their very unique perspective through film with other people. Interesting. Interesting. So where's, um, so, so where are you at in the, like, have you launched yet? Like, are you? So we're in, we have a beta group that we're working with. Again, I've, I've intentionally kept things tight sure. And part of the reason why is I'm self-funded. Oh. Um, and yeah, we, we, and, and there's, that's a whole other story, how I, I wound up being self-funded as opposed to having investors. Uh, but I mean, it has to do with color. It has to do with gender. It has, to, it, it does a lot mixed up in that, um, but mm. self-funded. And um, 
decided that I needed, I want to make sure that when we launch, we, we're launching with our full idea present. And so we're spending the next year doing um, our pre-launch campaign. Okay. And part of our pre-launch campaign is a series called the Filmmaker Spotlight Series, where I actually sit down with filmmakers and I discuss their films. They walk us through the film, tell us, you know, any anecdotes about making the film. And we also uh, talk to them about their career. You know, we focus on independent filmmakers because we really want to highlight the independent voice in filmmaking. Mm. And so we talk about how they became the artists they are um, and, and how they, you know, how their artistry has developed, how the industry has treated them. Um, <clears throat> and so that actually is available to our pre-launch members. Okay. That series. Um, and so, you know, the first part of it, that's available to everyone. It's on YouTube. It's on, you know, but for the complete series, you have to be a member. Uh, And so that's part of our pre-launch series. And of course, those we're selecting from those people to be our first live adapters, meaning we're going to select those people to be the individuals who will, you know, when we go public with the next year, those will be the individuals who will um, will select from there. Uh, okay, so they'll, they'll they will get through the velvet rope a little sooner than everyone else, basically. Exactly. exactly. That's cool. That's I mean, it's a it's a it's an interesting con- concept, and um, I have to say. Um, quite fascinating that you're self-funding which is good (laughs) yeah you have to make a decision listen i think that at some point when it was a simple i just want to watch movies with other people it was very simple right but when i made the decision when i went one of the things i had to do was sit down with myself and really ask myself the hard question of is Mm -hmm. this worth it and it's worth it what what am I willing, you know, how far am I willing to go? Right. You know, and quite frankly, I, I think, you, you know, when you, when you have a sound business idea, and this has been a tested business idea where it's mm-hmm. been validated, you have to, you know, nothing is promised. And so you have to, you have to move with a, a level of intentionality mm-hmm. and precision especially when you don't have money to burn. Yep. Um, and, um, and, and that's what I, I chose to do. I had to finalize, okay, this is what I'm going to do. If I were married, you know, I, I, it would be a different conversation, but it's just me. Sure. The sacrifice I need to make is my sacrifice to make. Yep. yep. Um, but there are sacrifices to be made when you're oh, absolutely having, having, um, self-funded two startups on my own and consulted on a couple of other ones. Mm -hmm. I know I'm always a big fan of self-funding first, Mm -hmm. especially uh, because to me, the most important reason is if you really believe in your idea and you know, you've done the work and you know exactly what the roadmap is for your business to a a place of success. Um, 
you need to do it self-funding because the minute you, the minute you take a dime that's not yours, you are no longer on your time clock anymore. You're on the investor's time clock. But I, you know, I'll be honest with you. My 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 saving grace has been my you know not just my efforts but my family, my friends. Right. And you know, I always tell people, um, you you you. Sometimes people have given me their skills. Right. Sometimes they've given me their time. Um, but it's really important to assess your skills, what you're good at, mm-hmm. and figure out how to maximize the the return on everything that comes your way. I mean, honestly. Right. Right. And um, I have a, a, a strong support system. And that's the key when you're self-funding. When you are operating on your dime, right. you have got to have a support system and you have got to be organized. Yep. And organized. Very organized. Very organized. <laughs> I'm a very impatient. Because yeah. you don't have the means of, you know, there are things that, that took months or weeks that other people could have done in a matter of, you know, days or months because... Right. You know, you have to you have to finesse it a little differently. Right. Um, I didn't do the traditional build the MVP, then decide, then figure it out because that's the traditional model. But what people don't tell you is, well, you may build the depending on the product. Right. Uh, the product validation can cost you ten dollars, or the product validation can cost you ten thousand yeah. dollars, and that's just to validate the product. Right. So if you know you you have a big scope development, you need to figure out how to. I call it my pivot and grow, rather than let's figure out, let's build this thing, and then let's see. You know, it it can't because you may end up scrapping. You know, the, the designs may not be what you want, or the this. Right. Or the, so. You may end up scrapping all those things, and you have to think differently about the development process. Right. Uh, so I, I would say, learn the rules so you can break them when you need to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, every entrepreneur that that I um, that I consider like um, smart or successful. Um, has had one thing and all of them have had the same thing in common. And that same thing was that they were willing to understand what they didn't know. And um, when they didn't know how to do it, they learned how to do it, or they at least learned the language enough so that they could talk to someone who did know how to do it. Exactly. And I tell people all the time, failure is your friend. I have mm-hmm. failed with Sandra Blue a million times over, mm. but I don't waste a failure. I right. don't waste a failure. Right. Every, every, you know, sometimes the timing of something is, is, um, is what's important. Like mm-hmm. I, I know my personality. I'm a very intense person. Mm-hmm. I tend to be very specific and meticulous mm-hmm. and, I know if I'm going to work with someone, they need to understand that personality trait. And mm. I can find someone who's incredibly talented, but they may be sloppy in how they work. They may not be as organized. They may not. So you learn these things about yourself. You learn, mm. your, you know, 
organizational tactics. Um, and then when you don't know, you invite people to the table. My favorite word is tear it apart. My favorite expression is tear it apart. Mm. I know in, in building Sandra Blue with every feature, every design, every, I tell them, tear it apart. Mm. If you tear it apart before millions of people see it and you're telling me that this is the this is the best we can do in the idea. This is a, then I'm okay with that. Right. If it's, if, you know, I had a conversation with someone about this uh, the other day, um, or yes, to, earlier today, where, I mean, I was looking, there was a document a contract and I, I was helping to, you know, write this contract. And it made sense to me. I look at this thing all day long, right? right. Someone who doesn't, look at it who's layman who does, isn't familiar with all of these it's gibberish right? right so it's like oh so i had you know okay had to go back to my attorney and go you know what i i i've been working with you with this for so long and it makes total sense to me but i just took it to someone over here who's an intelligent person and they're like uh, how do we make make heads or tails of this right so, <laughs> it's a lesson to be learned and not being stingy right Hey, so um, has COVID affected the development at all for, of this? Um, yes and no. Yes mm. and no. Um, I'm always, I've always been a little embarrassed to admit that COVID's been good to me. No, I, I just had a conversation about some the same thing today. So don't don't you're not the only one. Yeah, I feel when you think about you know how many people have died of COVID and are infected with COVID, and it's it's a troubling, it, it's upsetting, and it's painful. And then at the same time, I'm like, oh, but this period has done a lot for me. Yep. Um, and the reason why I say that is because one of the things that COVID did was it slowed everything down yeah. now there are things in the streaming if you look at it there are things that are triggers are being pulled earlier now in the streaming space because of covid yep um but in terms of you know i feel like what we're doing is a, a specific niche that complements what's being done so you know knock on wood i, I don't feel like i'm threatened at the moment right but at the same time, that ability to slow down and right. thing not be, you know, I'm, in, I'm a New Yorker. My life is 10. You know, I right. run it. I go at 10. You're a New Yorker, right? Yeah. So the ability to just calm down. Right. It gave me a, a, a new level of focus mm -hmm. and, and clarity. Right. Uh, and I think that there are things that I, I thought were important in, in this process were not important. Um, True. And I could see that because everything slowed yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. You're not you. You're not the only person who's had this, this thought. Like, it, it's not, you know, like these the last year or so um a lot of things have happened and for the for better and for worse and you know it's just it's not much you can do about it except for to try to adapt as best you can and if in adapting things go better or things get or 
easier or things are um, less congested. Because like you said, New York is New York. New York is always 100 miles an hour. New York is always, um, I need it done tomorrow. You know, um, if this time has allowed us to kind of refocus and step back a little bit and also just appreciate um just to be able to appreciate what what we're doing more um i think that there's nothing wrong with those those that that concept at all because absolutely i think i i talk more with you know some of my closest friends i i you know you, you spend most of your time texting yep and and now you're having conversations. But what's really funny is I realized how misunderstood I was mm. by text. Because oh. you realize, mm. like, but that's not what I meant when I said that. Right, right. <laughs> Texting has gone to a whole new level now. Yeah. And yeah, you yeah. If you're on it so much now, it does make you understand, like make you Go, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I had a, uh, I kid you not, I was, right before COVID, I was, I don't fight with people. I'm one of those people, like, you like it, I love it, you don't like it, right. you know, do you, I'll do me, we'll fight Right, right, right. And this was a situation where I say this person was fighting me. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, I was like, do you, be happy, go do your, but the whole thing was happening via text. Yeah. We started talking and I real and we both realized what she was mad at me about, I wasn't even talking about. I wasn't even talking about that. Like, what? Wait, what? Wait, what? (laughs) Where did that come from? And I was being very dismissive of something she thought was really critical. She was dismissive. And I'm like, I didn't know we were talking about that. Literally. It was like, really? Because I was like, listen, if you want to be mad at me, you know, I, yeah. I can't you be mad at me. Bye. Like, be happy. Don't call yeah. me not mad at me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> or, I, you know? I totally get that. I, matter of fact, I preface every relationship I'm ever in with the saying, look, I hate texting. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I will do it because you want me to do it. But you need to understand that I hate it. And the one reason I hate it is because there are too many misunderstandings on text because you are saying something you're serious about. And I'm saying something, honestly, I don't really care. I'm like, it's not like I don't care. It's just that it's not. Yeah. It's like, whatever, you know, okay. I'm at the point where I'm like, let's keep texting to grocery lists. Let's not have these deep, on unquieting, let's just if it's not a grocery list, don't text it. and I've, I've gotten to the point now where I tell people to call me, call me when you're free. And so, yeah, call me I will just either call me or what I'll do is, <laughs> oh my, I shouldn't re- confess this. Um, I, I will just stop answering the text until they call me, and yes, and then they get mad at you. Do you have those people? Like I have a I have a few friends who have these the um the 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 feature on it lets them know when you've opened their text. Oh, I hate that. And they'll call me like, "Why did you, I saw that you I read my text?" I'm like, yeah, I saw it. 
So I tell people up front, I'm like, listen, I may not, I'm not answering. If, if I don't want to answer your text, and I'll yeah. usually say, and I'm very, I try to be very transparent. So if I said, call me and right. you keep texting me, Man, that's you all that I didn't answer your text. I did say, call me, right? Yeah. So, yeah, but that's a weird feature. Like, <laughs> I don't want you to know when I yeah. open your damn text. I'm yeah. trying to figure out what I'm going to say. I've had friends get pissed off at me because they waited all day for a text. And they're like, you didn't respond and you don't, yeah. you're not a good friend. And I'm thinking, yeah, I have a friend who does. I, my co-host on one of my other podcasts, he'll text me like several times during the day, like stupid, like, like he'll be watching a film. Like, so right now he's watching 21 jump street because we just interviewed, um, one of the stars of the show and the TV show. Okay. Which one? Who, 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 who are you interviewing? Uh, Dustin Gwynn. He played Harry. Okay. I, I'm too young. So I'm like, I yeah. Um, so he, you said Johnny Depp. Watching... What's that? If you said Johnny Depp, I would have known. Oh, yeah. Not, not yet. We're not lucky enough yet. Um, but he's, so he's, watching the show now i guess re-watching it and so every now and then he'll text me oh this guy's in this oh this guy's in it i don't respond because i'm like oh, i already know that i've seen the show uh -huh. so eventually he'll wait and then he'll go hello and i'm like what he's like did you get my text i said yeah he goes why didn't you say anything i'm like because you didn't ask a question all you did was type somebody's name and it's 6 30 in the morning i'm sorry but no that's, no, a, no. that's a comedy skit right there <laughs> i think they did yes. a comedy skit about that with um keenan and peel i think yeah when they're trying to go out oh hilarious yeah. hilarious because it's true, but COVID kind of changed that. Because if you don't have time to call me, yeah, yeah, I work. Let me tell you, I work all the time, and yeah. if I pick up the phone and call. You know, like you know, sometimes it's fifteen minutes, literally. Like right before we got on, I was talking to my friend. We'd only speak. We were only speaking for like fifteen minutes. Right. That's what I had. But it was 15 minutes of right. conversation. So I think I've developed a real appreciation for talking to people. Yeah. I I, I tend to, I like talking. I'm a face-to-face -face person, but COVID has made that impossible. So phone or video chat is fine with me now. But texting, I'm sorry. It's on my shit list. I'm sorry. It's just, no. Mm -mm. Let me tell you, when you wait until you start, it's a whole language now. Yeah. Emoji yeah. language, you're like, okay, yeah, I, I can't I, keep I, on. I don't want to get on that. <laughs> so this is the part of the podcast <clears throat> that um, this is a new part of a, actually you're you're our, 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 our latest person that we're trying this on. Oh, okay. um, I'm where I ask you three different three questions. Okay, and they're easy. They're not well. I don't know. Some people find it easy. Some people people don't. I don't know, but they're fun little questions. We just get people to get to know you a little bit better. Okay. All right. Um, first question is what's the most important thing I should know about you or people should know about you? <laughs> She's like, mm, I don't like text messages. No, I, well, I no, you know what it is? Integrity matters to me. 
Mm. I don't, I mean, I have, I have failed people in the past. Mm -hmm. People have failed me. Mm. Um, but it does, there's no excuse to, to not be integral. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if, if, if I'm wrong, I'm the first person to apologize. If I know I'm wrong, right. if I know I'm wrong. Right. I did that recently where I apologize not for what I said, but how I said it. The person right. was still mad because they were mad at what I said and not, but I was like, I think what I said was right. I'm okay with what I said, but how I said it was really foul. So I'm just clarifying. I was wrong. And I, <laughs> I like that. And we actually got on a good foot because it's like, well, say it again. What were you trying to say? And I was like, okay, let me think about this. And I thought about <laughs> it. And I said it. And he went, that's true. <laughs> you know, not taking the time. I was, you know, the message wasn't heard because I right. didn't take the time to think about how it was received. Right, right, right. And I was wrong. And so I recognized it and I apologized. So to right. me, um, integrity matters. And, and, you know, integrity is not a function of, oh, I don't lie because I believe in lying. If the clan is coming, you know, please tell them I went down the block and around the corner as opposed to dunking in the alley, right? right. <laughs> um, it's okay to lie in that instance. Right. But it's about, you know, you, you, you believe in something and it should carry through everything you do. You sure. know? I think that yep. leads to what, what people, what people see when they look at me is really what they get. Mm. And that's important, especially, I think that's a very important thing for entrepreneurs. Like, I, I, because being an entrepreneur is so much about maintaining relationships and keeping them good. Um, and that, you know, your your people you work with or for mm -hmm. trust what you're saying is exactly. what they what they can count on. So yeah, I literally have had people, and when you're a person of color, um, mm. you always have to have. I always tell people find a friend in the room, and True. you and when you find that friend, one of the things that people people have used their names to mm. open doors for me. Yeah. And that doesn't come from um, that doesn't come from having a, a, a silver tongue. Right. To showing up as a, a an honest, credible person. Right. And um and and you know and and how and letting people know when you fail. Like I literally someone years ago lent me money mm -hmm. and it was a large sum of money and I said I didn't pay it back when I said I was going to pay it back. And I never let them know, forget that I owed them that money. Mm. And I set up a pay. I said, I'm going to pay you back. And they were like, I can't believe, like, you know, most people would have ducked and dived. I was like, I'm not doing that. Right. I owe you this. I'm getting it to you. I'm not borrowing from someone else to pay Peter to pay. I'm getting you what right. you deserve because right. it, you took a chance. And so the person was like, wow. And we have a very, we have a deeper friendship now because I could have dipped and I right. didn't. I just, I stood there and said, I gave you my word. And yes, I'm going to break my word in this moment. And I apologize for that. Anything right. I stuck for it, I'm going to do. But this is what I'm going to do from, right. this forward, from this moment forward. Please, you know, forgive me and give me an opportunity. And they were like, okay. And they, right. and I to my word. So integrity really matters to me. Hmm. This next question is a little easier for you. 
Mm. And right down your alley, actually, a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) What movie is your favorite guilty pleasure and why? Oh, that is not an easy question. It's in the end. That is not okay. (laughs) You just really, oh my God. Okay. (laughs) So here's the truth around Christmas and Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Two two movies always play. I find it, and it doesn't matter. I, I watch it. Love Actually. Uh oh. It it doesn't matter. It's on. I'm watching, especially around the holidays. Okay. Go ahead. And whenever um, Notting Hill is on, I watch it. I don't care. It can be the last five minutes of it. It can be if I see it on, I watch oh. it. Wow. So. I will tell you <clears throat> that for the past 17 years, 17 years, yes, 17 years, I have hosted, I have a, I have my own film festival. Mm-hmm. The film festival only plays on Valentine's Day, and it is called Love Actually Should, uh, International Showcase. Oh, oh! And it is obviously a shout out to Love Actually because it's a very good film line at the end of the movie let's do the test this is your test what's that i have no idea don't even i couldn't i'm just just a girl standing in front of a boy oh (laughs) isn't that a no that's not in hell that's not in hell oh oh okay that one i know that was not (laughs) him I, don't I, remember I, I take my my card away, you know. You got to take the card away. But yeah, love actually. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I love yeah. it. At least the cards, like where he's like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Man to stand in front of a door, like. Yeah, that was kind of like <laughs> so we um we reviewed Love Actually on our podcast, um, and I remember saying, "Look, that was kind of shady. A little, it was a little shady." <laughs> really shady actually and i was just like and 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 on a brother <laughs> i'm doing on a brother and he, like, he made it spe- he made the wedding spectacular he didn't brought out the horns and all remember yeah. yeah he went he went ham on the wedding and went and, and doubled it and was like but i really you know <laughs> i mean i give him props for trying that's for sure I no no that would have been that would have been over that would have yeah. been set that game like really yeah that would have been no, it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been okay but it was still nice to see <laughs> it looked good yeah it was like, okay do I say because I would feel like I was cheating just being there you know what I mean exactly like so oh my god I I have to tell him I you know that's integral like I have to tell. Baby, your, your friend just stood in front. I would have, yeah, exactly. Like somehow it wouldn't have turned out as romantic for me. You know, something, it was, something look, bad would have happened. The moment looked romantic. The moment was With dope. The reality behind the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it inspired many people's weddings after that. Oh my god! So see, that's kind of a trashy inspiration when you think. Yeah, it is, but <laughs> you know. Um, and the last question. Um, you're stuck on a desert island and you can only take three things with you. What would they be? 
and you can't say your cat. Well, well I have my glasses because that's always going to be with me because I can't see. So I oh, okay. So yeah, that's important. Four things. So I would my glasses stay will stay with me, and that's going to be great for starting fires. Um, <laughs> I'm crazy wow. practical. I'm the fact that you all thought about that is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> I've seen this on Lost. <laughs> okay. What's I the would, others? Okay. The next thing I would do, I would bring. Uh oh. Coal. I'm sorry. What? Coal. Coal. I would mix the coal and the sand to make fill the filter. Oh no, she didn't. <laughs> That's on. That'll be on the, the the top five for all the questions ever. Coal. Just single-handedly reintegrated re, re the coal industry. All right. I'm gonna take okay. coal. I'm gonna take the sand from the beach. I'm gonna filter my water. I'm gonna have some filtered water. Okay. I mean, all right. Okay. <laughs> And what would be the last thing? Oh, oh. That, that, that's actually, I got three, two more because my glasses stay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cold. Um, <laughs> Cold. That's right. Cold. All right. Um, I would probably take a a very large Swiss Army knife. A very large Swiss Army knife. Yes, because the small one, you know, that you're gonna work harder. But if I can get a grip, <laughs> you know. She she suddenly is turning to Tom Hanks. <laughs> I would take a skate, <laughs> volleyball, mm -hmm. uh, and oh. okay, so okay. No, but that makes sense. An, a Swiss Army that makes uh, sense. You need something uh, to, um, to pull. <laughs> then I would I would probably okay so. I'm such a crazy person because I'm like a crazy island. Big on this island because then if I can, I can like overlap things and make like a little leaning tube and everything will be fine. I can work something out. Yeah. Um. But you know, I don't know. I'll bring a TV. <laughs> no, I'll make me a TV. I'm gonna have me some entertainment. Oh, okay. um, and and then finally, I would pro I would bring a compass. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. That makes sense. That you, we have no idea how big this island is, so you need to be able to get around and know where things are, and you know. Yeah, I mean, we can find more coal. Compass, if you know, the thing is, you want to know what the elevation is. You want to know where you are on the island. You want to know. <laughs> you know. Listen, when the tide comes in, you want to know where the sea. <laughs> Have you been stuck on an island before? Is there something going on here? I don't know. Did I miss the question? I should have asked that question. My friend tells me I am the most methodical person she knows. She's like, saying, like, it sounds like she's already been on an island. Well, at one time I got caught on the island. You want to know the elevation. So you want to know the elevation. Okay. You want to know so when, it, when it comes in at night, you're like, okay, it, I don't want to be wet all the time. Where can I build my, my little leaning tube? Gotcha. Where, you know. Things are not gonna, you know, 
get funky on me. You know what I mean? Like, really? Um, the rest of the stuff you can make, I can make a spear and get myself some fish. Sure. <laughs> I can put, you know, I can make a sundial if I know what a sun is and where everything is relative, you know. Right. Actually, no, you don't need. I don't think I need a, a compass. Yeah, I was going to say, where are you going? <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't need a compass because I know how to make one of those uh, compass from. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. This is so if you're a complicated woman, you got a complicated answer. How, how is it did you know how to make a compass? <laughs> um, I'm a boring woman with a boring life who just reads a lot of books. Who just happened to be lieutenant in the Green Berets. Nah, that was my dad, but not me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, oh, so see, there you go. Maybe if your dad give you that, you know. But I'm, I'm, listen, you know, you just need, you know, you just need to know where north is, magnetic north. Like, you know, right. I don't need to, you know. You can do that. Islands, you know, I really want to know elevation, which I could probably get from shadows. And listen, I'm going to leave it alone because I did, you know. The rabbit hole just went down. Tell yeah, me. I was gonna say. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what to do with this. I'm a I'm not a boring woman. I'm just complicated. <laughs> well, you're definitely gonna. You, your friends who listen to this podcast now know they need to keep you close in case you're ever <laughs> needed on the island. <laughs> don't take me. Don't take they're me. Like, they're like, no, 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 no. You, we heard the podcast. You're coming with us. Yeah. You know the song "Complicated" by Avril Lavigne? Like yeah. that's the anthem. Why are you gotta gotta make things so complicated? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> my best friend, my best friend has always been like, "We're gonna do Survivor together." I'm like, "You will be doing Survivor by yourself, and I will be rooting for you with my teeth." Mm, mm, at home. Well, I've already, I've already told all the important friends in my life. <clears throat> you. You need to do three things while you're still like on this earth. You need to make sure you can run, make sure you tie your shoes well. Uh-huh. And if I tell you to run, you run. Because I'm telling you now, if the zombies come and you trip <laughs> or fall, you're done. I'm not coming back for you. Do you ever see the movies where people kind of like stop and they're like, and you're thinking, you know damn well you would have been like, Bye, Felicia. Good luck. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Karen, help me. You know, I don't live here anymore. You'd be singing, I need a hero. Not me. Not me. (laughs) You need a hero, Subway's down there. (laughs) And they might still be open. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. What hero are you getting from me? I'm just I'm with you. Well, this was a fun this was a fun podcast. Um I have learned a great I I book in this podcast by saying I've learned a great deal about you in this podcast. At the beginning, I knew nothing and now I know that you will have coal if I need it on the island. <laughs> Yeah. If there's no clean water on the island, what do you do? You can't live. You can't live when you gotta have water, right? 
Trains are on it, and mm. then one character, I can't remember his name, he keeps yelling, Well, give me my ham. I think it's a ham, not a chicken, not a chicken. I think it's a ham. He keeps saying, He's like, Give me, give me my ham, go give me my ham. And he keeps saying that because you know, the guy he did work for cheated him out of his pay, and his, the ham was his pay, part of his pay, right? And as I'm thinking of the coal, I'm thinking, I'm gonna give me my coal, I'm gonna give me my coal, you're gonna give me my coal. <laughs> I'll keep my coal. You're going to get your coal. <laughs> I will get Like, you can okay. keep the money. Because think about it. Think of what you'll need. Do you need money on an island? Yeah. Never know. Might be a Quiznos on there. I don't know. You're right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to create my own currency and, <laughs> and my own financial institution because okay. we have, you know, equity here. Like... You need equity. You can't come on an island with all the money and that be okay. you know, and think you're gonna buy everything up because it's all free on the island. So, so instead of instead of Bitcoin, she'll have like cocoa coin or something. I don't know, coconut coin. Again, the person with the most skill is the highest value person on the island. So if I were on the island with another person, I would say, let me see what you can do. That's gonna be interesting. <laughs> Um, let me see what you can do. It's going to be a whole lot of interesting stuff going on on that island. <laughs> Probably trying to skill still some of those skills. I don't need you as much. That's exactly my point. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you want to show me that again? Show it to me one more time. Yeah, now I got it down. Yeah. Hey, what's that? <laughs> okay. I would never do that. <laughs> you, need, you, need, you need the more hands, the better, dude. And plus, I'd have someone to talk to. That would be mm. nice. I did what? that one day. I went with um, my ex. I was He was an avid golfer. I knew nothing about golf, but all we mm. did was talk about golf. Mm. I had never been on a golf course, never did anything. And he took me to a, a range. <clears throat> and I'm thinking, this is a silly-ass sport. Excuse me, golfers, that that was what I thought. And he, and I was, the first time I did, I was swiping. This is, and I was like, oh, this is a little more complicated. So he's watching me and he's trying to teach me. And I'm like, you're a little better than me. Like, what are you doing? And then I look over and there's this golf pro. And I just start mimicking him. So I start with the knees, start with the hips, start mimicking the swing, one thing. And I started hitting the balls. <laughs> and my ex at the time was like, oh. That was good. First time it was luck. Second time it was good. And then the third, what are you doing? <laughs> What's going on here? What's going on? I said, no, I'm just mimicking that guy. <laughs> I'm just mimicking that guy. So he's better. So I'm just going to. I probably don't know what the hell I'm doing now. I probably go all over the place if I don't have that. <laughs> At the moment, it just seemed like a good idea and it worked. Or maybe I was just lucky three times. I don't know. No, no, I mean, that's usually how it goes. I think it's probably best of whoever, who, who of y'all is the best? Okay, I'm just going to watch what you do. Exactly. <laughs> humility, that's what it takes to run a business. You've got to have humility because you never know, right? And you have to watch what people who are better than you do. Exactly. You know, there's exactly. a reason why they got where they're going. So it, there's no harm in 
taking and and looking at what they're doing and seeing how you can apply certain things to your own process and then or make or improving upon it. So there's that. It's all about adapting. So exactly. Exactly. This was fun. Um, Where can people find you online? So anywhere they can follow your process, your can follow me on Sonda Blue. You can come to SondaBlue.com. You know, we're giving a 60% off of, <clears throat> for the entire year. So anyone who registers now will get 60% off for their first year of membership, active membership. So when we go live, you'll get that whole year for uh, 60% off. You'll also get a, again, the, you'll get access to our part of our film library now. Um <clears throat> And we will, you'll also be qualified to, to be one of the first adapters. So it means you'll get it earlier than everyone else. Mm. I mean, in a few months, hint, hint. Um, yeah. Cool. 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 Well, thank you for being on the podcast today. SandraBlue.com. That's where you want to go. SandraBlue.com. And we'll, we'll put this in the in our podcast so people can will have it as well so this was fun thank you hope i appreciate your taking the time to speak to me and uh welcome to come back on the podcast anytime you like and uh let us know how how things are going and uh you know if you find a nicole with uh you know that's gonna be a meme that's gonna be a- <laughs> it's gonna be a meme <laughs> Imagine this. If someone picked up this interview, it's like, you're the cold girl, aren't you? Hey, you're the cold girl. Like, listen, oh, I'm going to some scientific papers. Call me when you read this and you'll understand what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> On a desert island. Give me some gold. Hey. I'm going to make me some filtered water. Right. Better than the salty variety. Yeah, no. <laughs> it all makes sense to yeah, someone. Yeah. I'm methodical. It's it's annoying. My friends call me the, the logic. They're like, let me figure out how was Hope thinking about this? Because she's not thinking about the way everyone else. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Um, and join us anytime you'd like. Thank you.